0: Make noise! Make noise, 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 make noise. Ray Kwan is here now, and this man is one of the top 50 MCs on my list. Somebody that I highly respect. I'll be the first to say full transparency. Let me get him in here. Full transparency. I am a major, major, major Raekwon The Chef fan because I'm, I'm into lyricism. One of the best MCs to ever touch a mic. Lyrics, flow, everything. One of the best ever. Raekwon The Chef. Batman, Scoop, Brooklyn,
1: Clan. That,
0: that's my guy right there. That's my guy right there. Let's what start up, with baby this. Bob? I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm good. Let's start with this. You're on the top. You're on, you're on my list of top 50 MCs. Wow, that's you are sure. on there with ghosts because I couldn't not take you guys apart. I had to take you as one unit, and I'll explain that later. We'll get into that later. But Tom. I want to say something to people who might not know, they might be new to Raekwon. You, you there's people on right here that might not know them, people from across the country, across the world. When I think of the image of what a street nigga is in the 90s, it was Raekwon. Mob Deep too, yeah. but if yeah. I could pick one person to describe what New York looked like, what New York felt like, the way New York dressed, the way New York talked, the way everything, uh, voice, mannerisms, style, swag, Raekwon. Now, I would say Ray and Ghost, but I really say if I had to pick one individual, it was Raekwon and thank you thank you sir <laughs> you know you know just Hello. the Appreciate way that, that you delivered stuff the way that you did everything so i want to talk about a bunch of different stuff i definitely want to talk about the purple tape because that's important classic album anniversary but i want i got to start with wu-tang and i'm going to go through this quickly because i want to cover all of this stuff that's, that's out here and for all the hip-hop fans that really want to hear this stuff um, at, at the time Staten Island wasn't really heard of and it wasn't discussed. It was kind of like no man's land. No one discussed it. It was a world on its own. Who put Staten Island on the map. I, I, listen, I, I wound up living in Staten Island. Like when I, when I, I saw oh, Staten Island, maybe I need to go out there. Um, did you ever have a chip on your shoulder about the fact that nobody mentioned Staten Island?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, You know, just to get back at the whole Staten Island thing, it's like, yeah, we was bitter about that. We was bitter that we didn't really get recognized, because, you know, a lot of us still went out. We hung in some of the places I'm sure you probably hung at, and you know how it go. You get up in there, niggas start, yo, Brooklyn in the house, Queens in the house, Bronx in the house, and we, we the type of niggas was waiting for you to say Staten Island, because, That's our cue to make noise. That's our cue to be like, yeah, we here. So yeah, you're right. When we didn't hear it, we we got fully offended. We wanted to fight. We wanted to start trouble, you know what I mean? Because it's like, we felt to a degree niggas thought something was sweet, you know? But not really looking at it like, damn, niggas might just never have been there because you got to take a boat to get over there. So yeah, we felt the way. We felt the way it wasn't nothing, you know what I mean? But at the end of the day, you get upset if a nigga ain't mentioning your borough. So
0: yeah, we was upset. I wound up living in Staten Island maybe about seven, eight years later, maybe nine. And I used right. to live on a I used to live on a street called Henderson. And Henderson was right as the it was right with maybe six blocks before the hood came in right? And you could hear the hood from there. And right. as I started driving around and getting around, I said, oh shit, I, I, I thought it was sweet. I thought it was yeah. sweet. And then I said, I saw Park Hill and then I saw, you know, you, all, all the projects out there, the Park Hill and what what's the other project it was right next to me. What, Stapleton. Stapleton. Stapleton, Stapleton, Stapleton. So then I understood it. I used to come out to Park Hill for Park Hill day but I never really understood what what Staten Island was about. Let's yeah. start. Here. How did you get involved with the Wu? What, what was the process? Um, I
1: grew up with the niggas. I, you know, we all come from those those burning blocks, and um, you know, we went to school together. I knew a lot of them from public school. You know, um, we used to walk home from school together and shit snapping you know, taking, taking deuce pitches, you know, um, some of us, we love to get off the island because we used to love to shop and rob and do shit like that. You know, some of us even caught a little messenger job. Some of us caught jobs working at the Statue of Liberty. So we pretty much grew up with each other since we was about, I say about like 12, 11, 12 years old. Um, These are dudes that lived in different buildings. You know, um, RZA he lived a little outside the hood. Um, Meth, I remember when he came from Long Island. You know, he came and moved in the building and all of that. He moved in the he moved in one of the buildings. So you know, just some Fat Albert gang shit. You know what I mean? That we all was just hanging out. Cap, I knew Cap since the Cookies and Milk era, standing the staircase, listening to music. You know, pretending to be rappers then and. You know, just running through the hood. You know, but definitely at a young
0: age. So RZA, RZA had a record deal, and it was his idea to put everybody together to do this record. Protecting that was everybody in the same room when that record was done. Were you all around each other, listening to each other's verses, or was it all done separately? Um, everybody
1: wasn't there at one time. You know, everybody wasn't there, and what it was was he was just calling certain dudes in to come in and drop a verse and and scatter out of there. You know, it wasn't never where we was all huddled up in the room and, yo, you go next and, yo, you go next. You know, it wasn't that kind of situation because it was still a premeditated thought. You know, we loved the fact that he came with a positive a positive vibe and a positive situation, but at that time, we still wasn't even taking it 100% serious. It was more like rec purposes. It goes back into what you were saying about wanting to be heard, wanting niggas from Staten Island to be recognized, and, you know, that's what I know we was in it for, but at the same token, too, we believed that it could happen because we all had a little bit of potential on that mic. So everything was just... Whatever, but yo, we gonna make a record and that's gonna represent Staten Island and niggas gonna hear about us one way or another, whether it's on a positive level, on a negative level. RZA was coming with all positive energy. So at that time we was just like, fuck it, what we got to lose? Get up there, you know, this nigga made a record. We seen it physically, we seen the motherfucking album cover. It's like, Mm -hmm. you know, back then a nigga make a record. It's like, oh shit, this nigga really made a fucking record. How the fuck he made this shit? So that was inspiring to us. Is that, yo, this nigga, I don't know how he did it, but he did it. So when he started to talk and be a voice, when it came to music, niggas was listening. Niggas was like, all right, let me hear him out. Let me hear him out. All right. Yo, you want to make a group? All right. He was, I was one of the first niggas he called him. He was like, yo, get in contact with boom, bow, boom, bow, 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 bow. bow. This is what I want to do. So okay, that's what I did. And, and you know, but we didn't make the record all at one time.
0: Shout to Noriega on the line. Shout to Noriega. I see you. Norie, I got to get you End on up. here. I got to get you on here, Norie. Music Monday, I got to get you on here. There's many stories that me and you have. Nobody right. knows, but Noriega asked me to be his manager in the beginning. Right. When I was on Hot 97. That's a long right. story. We'll get into that when Noriega comes, when Noriega comes for his Music Monday. That's my brother. So,
1: yeah, that's what's what yeah, up. That's my guy right there.
0: Were you number you were number two on the song? Did you ask to be number two on Protect Your Neck, or was were you placed there? Nah. Once I heard Deck Joint,
1: once I once I heard it, I think Deck might have been probably one of the first ones to lay his lay his hammer. Um, once I heard this shit, I jumped up and and laid my shit down, and I wrote my shit out in like ten minutes. It wasn't nothing really like I didn't come in with a book or none of that shit. So. I was there. I remember hearing deck shit, but not really hearing nobody else yet. And um once I heard that I smoke on the mic shit, I was like, yeah, niggas is playing for real. Let me <laughs> let me jump in there with my little my little two cent. And um at that time I was just overwhelmed with the movement. You know what I mean? It was still a it was still a, a young movement, but I was down for the get down.
0: You know, I think Inspector Deck. Is one of the most underrated MCs ever. He's on my I list. Agree. I too. He's I agree. very underrated. He's very underrated. And very I, underrated. You know, it felt like as number two. It felt to me like you heard Inspector Deck Go, and you said, "I gotta come in here. Where well, you gotta go, and all, pal. Call me the rap assassinator. You're a like like Schwarzenegger, and I'm gonna get There, you go. Like a you, know, there like, you go. I heard. I heard the. I heard the. I heard the vibe of i can't play right
1: right right and i mean you know the main thing scoop it was just that like i said we wasn't even still looking that far for it to be something big we was just experimenting it was an experiment you know rizzo called out the best dudes who he felt really loved what they was doing and he just said yo come in come in so when we came in, it was like, yo, what up, nigga? What you want to do? Yeah, we're going to let this, yo, make sure this shit get out there to who it need to get out there to and let them know stat now and some shit. That was it. It wasn't like, yo, we had these big pipe dreams, like shit was really going to pop off. We mm. kind of thought it was going to pop off, but we wasn't fully sure. But okay. it was still all exciting. It was still all exciting at the moment.
0: Now, at this time, there was a promoter named Jason Staten. And Jason Staten... Mm-hmm. Uh, he used to he, he used to promote that was that was actually when I was actually an intern but I had yeah. made it Hot 97 by that time Jason Staten is the one who gave me the Wu-Tang record he said yo man just check this record out I think check. you're gonna like it it's gonna be good the record wound yeah. up being on fire you know it blew yeah. up so now you guys are there what is the experience or situation you most clearly remember that lets you know that not only had you made it but who was at the top of the charts after you guys had really gone all the way
1: i think the fact that when we heard it on the um on on Bobito and Stretch show that's when you know how it is for a nigga that's out the hood and you hear your shit on the radio period so i think that the fact that we heard it come through the airwaves that was dope that was something that You you rarely would ever think what happened. So once we heard it on the radio by these dudes, because they had an underground show at that time, and it was a late night joint. So, you know, niggas got their ears plugged to it listening. And once I heard it, it was like, oh shit, this nigga got us on the radio. You know what I mean? And you know, as young niggas, that's all you ever want to do is be heard from the masses side. And that shit had me almost jump like eight feet in the air. Little chubby nigga jumping so high in the sky. But um, once I heard it and it was sounding right and we was we was rumbling with the tracks and everybody was sounding good, I was like, yo, you know what? I got a vision going on. I think this shit might be something, you know? So it was just more about the the excitement that kept us there. But that was
0: the most exciting thing, is just to be heard on the radio. So when when, when- Wu-Tang exploded, blew up. You're now all major, major celebrities. When did, right. what was the time that you said, Jesus, we're at the, God damn, we're at the top of the whole game. What was it? What was something that, uh, an experience or something that happened that made you say, we number one now. We
1: took over. It was the fact that it was something new, Scoop. It was just that you ain't have that going on. You ain't have 10 niggas as a group coming on and everybody getting busy so I knew at that time we all had super potential to be great but it's like I kind of already knew like yo niggas know how to rhyme you know what I mean and we behind a nigga that nobody doing and we got a nigga like Jizza who was rhyming his ass off back then in our corner so I knew it was at no point we could lose because we had a lot of guidance with us and we had lyrical niggas down with us see Jizza. I felt like if Jizzle told me I was weak, then I was weak. But if he told me I had it, him and Dirty, I ain't gonna say Jizzle without Dirty because that'll be fucked up, you know what I mean? (laughs) So I'm gonna say both of them. They pretty much knew what we all had when it came to the ability to, to, to spit out those bars. So when they told us, it was like I already knew that the world is getting ready to witness some shit that they probably never even seen before or never even gonna ever get again. So this was
0: the beginning of something that was gonna be interesting. Right, now you, it's hard to be in a group with two members. It's hard to be in Run DMC, it's hard to be in EPMD. How did yeah. you handle being in a group with so many members? What kept it together? And then unfortunately, what broke it apart? I mean, you gotta remember with the woo, it was
1: like a, um. It was like a um it was like a jigsaw puzzle, you know what I mean? Like we didn't know what we was putting together when we was putting it together, but we all just kind of ran with the with the faith of knowing that Riza know what he's doing, and Riza understands the business. so that's like if I tell you, yo school, I know what I'm doing. Just get behind me and just follow follow what I'm about to do. And, and you ain't got nothing to lose, Scoop. So you like, yo, all right, nigga, I'm only following you because I know that you know what you're doing. And, mm-hmm. and, and, and you're going to drive the bus. So we're going to sit back and observe. So that's all we did was sit back and allow RZA to use, with him, the jizza and old dirty new. And just right. say, yo, all right, yo, sit. I'm going to play the back seat. I'm going to chill out. Yo, if this shit goes somewhere, you know I'm riding. If it don't go nowhere, it was nice. Staten and got five minutes of fame. I'm happy. We walk away, we still mints. But at the end of the day, like I said, everything was still up in the air. So it wasn't like nobody still was superly impressed. We started to get impressed when they started to play it more and more. So right. once you hear it on the radio one time, you hoping that you're going to hear it again the next day. So that's how it was going and that was the battery that was taking over everything. But we still had to sit back and and, and follow the game plan on what RZA was was giving us.
0: What, what unfortunately tore it all apart? Was it too many personalities? What was it? I mean it, it, I mean when
1: you say tore it apart, it's like it wasn't never really tore apart, it was ripped. You know, I would call it ripped and tore apart. I mean being ripped is just being involved with a bunch of guys that got personalities that you just got to adjust with you know sometimes we have rainy nights niggas is arguing or whatever whatever the case may be everybody may have their opinions egos is flying because it's a hundred thousand of us at one time that's what it feels like so yeah you're gonna get that good and bad but at the same time we realize that this is saving our lives because a lot of us was destined for either jail or death. So Mm. you don't let things go too far when it comes to knowing that something positive hit your life. You know, like I said, I was just happy to just be able to say, yo, nigga got a job now. I ain't gotta keep running from the police. And I got an excuse now to be like, yo, I ain't out here doing the same shit I used to do. So we never let a lot of shit get too crazy. It got crazy, but at the end of the day, we know how to deal with emotions. You know, <laughs> we don't let the emotions get the best of us. So sometimes when niggas is venting, they just venting to vent. Let them vent. Let them get his shit off or whatever. The next day, wipe your face, come back in the room. We might tap on a little situation again. Yo, you know that shit wasn't right or whatever. Let it be what we doing. You know what I mean? It's about being a man and not being a kid. You know, but, you know, sometimes you let your emotions supersede your your goals. And that's what we wasn't going to do. We knew that the people respected us. We knew that people loved us. We knew that people was interested in us. So we kind of, like, let that be the – it's like falling on this side of the Richter scale. Either you're going to go with the good and outweigh the good with the bad, and that's what we did. We just – Pretty much said, you know what? Regardless of what, motherfuckers love us, so we stuck together. Now it's like the mafia;
0: you can't get out of this shit. You right, know, even right. if you wanted to, you can't get out. Yes, a couple of pe- couple of things while we're here: shout out to Dan Tanner, shout out to Noriega, and and people putting up so many verses. Like one of my one of the one of the lines somebody put it up. But one of the lines is um uh. uh Go on the wall with the melt pot and, and uh it got 40 niggas in here now to kill niggas fathers. Like like when you said that it was that was mental to me. A couple of couple other questions about woo, and then I want to go right to Cuban links. Who is the MC in the group that kept your pen sharp? Who made you better in the woo? Um
1: Damn. I can't say one dude, but I I would say the Jizer because the Jizer was more lyrically inclined. Like, he was saying clever shit back then before he even started fucking with the Wu. So I was a big fan of him anyway from listening to, you know, some of the records that he had out there on some mixtape shit. He had an album out Words from The Genius. Like, I was listening to him back then and he was always super clever and I knew he was RZA's cousin. So I knew at the end of the day he was going to be the one to sit there and tell RZA if niggas really had it. So I would say him. Everybody had to step up the ball according to what Jizza might have felt. Dirty was more of a of a, um, a rap junkie. He knew, he knew if you had it too. So Dirty and Jizza and RZA, they had routines going on. So I would say that them three, I would have to say all them three is one to me. So it was them three that really made me feel like, yo, I got a little something that I could share with the world. And we I, all fed off each other.
0: I'm trying to remember, and and I'm not gonna take it negative, but I'm just—it's in my head. Did mm-hmm. Wu ever have any beefs with anybody? Because I remember—I don't listen, I, people. New York City. I happened to be on the radio with Hot 97, and I re, I remember we had a discussion. We were like, did Wu have any beef with anybody? I I think Death Row didn't even want to have a beef with the Wu. I, like, I, I didn't see nobody. I'm just
1: trying to think about it anyway. Did anybody ever have a beef with the wolf? Not that I know of. No. I mean, we didn't have beef with nobody, but at the end of the day, we was we wanted beef, but we wasn't really looking for beef. You know, I think that, like you said, it all goes back to some Staten Island niggas just wanting to be heard. But nah, nobody never really wanted to bother us because we had so many family members and homies and... You know, you got to remember, I had my own set of niggas I was running with. Ghost had his own set of niggas. Just between us two, we might have 50 niggas. So then you got the other members that got their little whatever they got with them. So, nah, nobody wasn't really wanting no problems with us. But um, we was hunting, but we wasn't on no trouble making shit. We just I'm was a- just preparing ourselves
0: for what? I'm going to tell you something. Jones Beach, I forget the year, DJ Rob Swift, Rob Swift, my man from the X-Men, was with I Can Help. Okay. I was out there and I had on shorts. It was, it was about a fucking hundred degrees.
1: Right. You said Jones I saw, Beach, right?
0: I saw, you said Jones Beach, right? Yeah, Jones Beach. I yeah. saw a yellow school bus come, and out of that school bus came the <laughs> Wu-Tang Clan. <laughs> and in that school bus, it must have been 200 niggas in that school bus. And I said, nobody wants a problem with them. No, I mean, when I let saw 200 y'all come out, I said nobody Let me ask you
1: a question. Let me ask you a question. If you seen 300 niggas get off the bus, would you want a problem? I'm not looking for no problems unless I have 400 dudes with me. There you go. So the that's only- what it is right there. I-, Look- I think you stupid if you want a problem with 300 motherfuckers. So... At that time, we might have just really been so big when it came to the masses of niggas that we had that nobody wanted to bring no issues over there to us because you got a bunch of niggas that's from out the street that don't got nothing to live for, nothing to lose. All we want to do is be heard on the mic, and that's what it was. So I doubt if anybody wanted any problems at that time, and that pretty much... Kept everybody in their place when it came to seeing us because they seen the masses pull up. When you see the masses pull up, I don't give a fuck if you got 50 niggas with you, but you see 400 niggas pull up, it's a difference. It's like, yo, nigga, let them niggas walk through. We don't want no issues.
0: That's just being smart. The only only mobilization I seen like that is I seen mob deep come real deep to shit at certain times. The final question. Ask you about the Wu is uh, what my, one of my best friends in the world, and the I used to have a rap group, and he started out. He was my DJ. His name is Sean C. He was the right. He was a creative uh, consultant on the Wu Tang series for Hulu. How right. close was that series to what really took place?
1: Scale him one a ten? One to ten. I say about a six. It was inspired by a couple of events, but you know, it's a movie. It's rated PG, so you keep it PG. You know what I mean? Like, that's just what it is, though. But um, it might have had some inspirations from certain things, though. But you know, it's, it's show business, so y'all know what it is. When you saw it, when you saw it, what were your thoughts? When I seen it, it was like I wanted it to be a little bit more a little bit more Goodfellas style, but, you know, like I said, at that time, we wasn't in control of it. It was Riz's situation, Riz's whole vision, Riz's world, you know, and that's just what it was. It was like, yo, let him paint his picture because that's only one side. That's right, only one it. side. That's his side. That's what he want to give, give the world, you know what I mean? So... At the end of the day, I'm going to give it a five. I ain't going to give it a six. I'm going to give it a five.
0: Okay, okay. If you're just tuning in, people, were talking with Raekwon, the chef, every night, 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 Pacific. I go live on Instagram. I do, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about so many questions I got in my head. Every day, Shooter. 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific, I go live. I do current events, news, advice, topics, and I do hey, go live with me and speak as well as celebrity interviews like Raekwon the Chef. Right after the Raekwon the Chef get off, stay tuned. We're going to do today's topic, which is who are some of the best MCs of all time, in your opinion. Right back to Raekwon, the purple tape. You and Ghost will go down as one of the best two-man groups in the history of rap. Ray and, Ray and Ghost, Mob Deep, Tribe, Method and Red, Nice and Smooth, Run DMC, EPMD. Whoa. You know, just your songs and his songs and you guys together in general. You did, like just Daytona 500 Peace to cats the Pat Mack knowledge knowledge the pack, now it's now it's street astrologers get on the mic God now like just the flow of that just the way that you guys did records together your voice right right you, you two together were crazy how Thank did you. Ghost wind up being your partner on Cuban Lakes? um
1: we started vibing heavy when we was making into the thirty six chambers um oh, know, oh, oh, was
0: that CNN was very good yes. CNN was very good. I will say that yes, CNN was very good. Yes, she would. Y'all were part of that as well. Y'all a oh, part of that yeah. as well. But Noriega. you are. Sure. Go ahead,
1: brother. Yeah, but um, me and Ghost started to um get close while you know the whole Into the Thirty Six Chambers album was being made. Um, he was from Stapleton. I'm from the Hill. Our, our neighborhoods never really got along like that. Um, you know, we started to really relate to a lot of shit together. And um he was close to Riza at that point. I was close to Rizza a couple of years before that. And um go started to feel like yo, I like this nigga. I like this Paul Kill nigga right here. You know what I mean? Not so like, he didn't like not y'all not like friends. he didn't like huh? Y'all weren't friends at first. I mean, we went to school together, you know how it is. You know niggas, but you only know of them. You don't really hang with niggas because y'all from different places. So it was like, we learned to respect one another from where we was from. But I think that RZA was the the grip of it because he brought us in the room together. So, you know, I spit something, he spit something. Next thing you know, yo, y'all niggas sound good together, whatever, we laughing, we joking. You know, the next thing you know, we we started to I think I think what really pulled us close is when we did Can It Be All So Simple The Video. Mm-hmm. You know, um that's when both of our neighborhoods really started to get along a little bit more than the average. And um we we seen the power that we both had in our in our neighborhoods. And next thing you know, it was like that record was a smasher. You know, yo, yo, what's up, yo? You going shopping, right? Yeah, I'm going shopping. Yo, what up, yo? Let's go, let's go, let's go get fresh together. Let's do. You know, it started from that, just learning to fuck with each other more and more. And the clan started to see that we had a combination. You know, RZA started to see us more. You know, dressing the light, rocking Wallabies. You know, Ghost is a big Wallaby head. I'm a big Wallaby head. Um, Certain little things me and them shared a lot of common respect about. And, um, you know, not only the rhymes, but just the personalities. We would laugh a lot, share the same rooms when we was doubling up on rooms together. Yo, me and Ghost, you know, a lot of talking and shit. We knew the same niggas, did pretty much the same stuff in the street. So the music reflected our lives in the most combination way you know so I guess motherfuckers in the crew started to feel like yo y'all two niggas it's something about y'all two niggas but at that time me and Ghost was already super close you know we didn't have to hang with each other every day to be close but when we came in the room together niggas knew that me and him had the same kind of vibe and I remember Ghost telling me he was like yo before I even really started rhyming the way I was rhyming you was inspiring me chef I'm like, for real? I'm like, yo, we just really talking about the shit we've been through. But Ghost had like a more, he had a little different style than me. And he always told me like, yo, you my favorite. You my favorite. And I was just amazed by it because we both was doing our thing. He was, I told them, yo, you my favorite rapper in the, in the crew. And he like, nah, nigga, you my favorite rapper. So we
0: just developed a friendship and it went from there. Two questions what was your mind state at the time? You know, like where were you living? What were you thinking? And also when you handed that album in the loud records, what was the initial reaction? Oh, the reaction, niggas was on my dick.
1: Niggas was loving it, you know? Niggas knew that I had that energy and I had my man with me and we wasn't playing. We was was trying to win a ring and we ain't want nothing less than a ring. And I think when we went in the loud building, it was like, yo, y'all ready? They they felt our confidence and they felt our determination. You know, when you come in the room with those two things, confidence and determination, motherfuckers' eyes get bigger. But then at the same time, they was listening to what it was that we was throwing at niggas, and it sounded right. And we in there performing the joints. So it's like, we kind of sold it to them without selling it to them, but still sold it. So... You know, when you fuck with a man's confidence and he know that he up and we was winning already because the woo was already popping off. Meth had already came out. Old Dirty had already came out. Their albums were successful. We was critically acclaimed. It was like we had enough confidence to come in and say, now, listen, y'all going to check out the street version of us right now. Me and Ghost is going to introduce y'all niggas to shit that y'all never even seen. And that's what we did. And the music spoke for itself. It was just all about coming in and, and showing niggas a different page that they may have never seen before. And they knew we lived it because it was written on our face from, from hearing previous records that we did with on 36 Chambers. So seeing niggas and seeing how we get down, looking at us up and down, yo, niggas is wearing wallabies with sweatpants and wearing air maxes with, with fatigues on. Like, you know they knew we had a certain kind of charisma that that could take it to the next level and me and ghost was super confident we was like yo this album is going to crush everything smoking so that was always our intentions and we felt we we had it when we came in with it you
0: have to understand that people if you're not from new york you don't know this 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 album changed new york uh you can go to people at the top of the game, like Jay-Z, anybody. For example, Noriega has been on here listening to this conversation for the entire time. Everybody in New York, this, this album means a lot to everybody in New York. You initially got four 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 and a half mics from the source. Right. A little, did you feel a little slighted by
1: that? A little bit, but I was cool with the four and a half because I knew at the end of the day, it had to be somebody that wasn't really going to get it. That's why the name of the album from the rip was always called Only Built for Cuban Links because only, you know. So when you say only, you already know that it's alienating a lot, of, a lot of shit that a lot of motherfuckers may like. So I was cool with the foreign ad, but I felt a little raw because I knew it was different. The world knew it was different. And, you know, later on, they can't they gave to fix that problem. Yeah, they, they came back they came and gave back their, and they, they blamped us with that other half. I don't know what made them not just give it a full fledged classic, but at that time we was we was we was wild. We was, you know, they might have felt we was feeling our dicks a little too hard. But I knew that this album was authentic. And um I was cool with the four and a half.
0: Well you have to understand, Doggy style, they came back and gave Doggy style five. They get Oh, they, I ain't they, know that. Yeah, they've only yeah. given a certain amount of albums Five, uh, right. post, yeah uh, A posthumous Five. So right. that's a that's a major that's a major uh, win in any world. Right. I, I think was this tape was one of the tapes that was kind of a part of my younger brother Kendall's formative years. Like mm-hmm. you know politicking, and then he took it and made it shiny ticket, and, and he you know he always used to talk about the the uh-huh. land, the, cause you know who the kid up in the green land. Like you know it was so formative for everybody in New York City, right. and, and, and that 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 album will stand for time, and people, just in case you just tune in, we're talking to Raekwon The Chef every night, 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific, I go live, current events, celebrity interviews, right after Raekwon gets off, we're going to talk about who are some of the best MCs of all time, in your opinion, if you have not followed me yet, follow me at Fat Man School. I interview somebody every day, let's go right to Cuban links. Striving for Perfection. Tell me about Striving for for Perfection. It wasn't even a song. It was a skit. But it's one of the most powerful skits that have ever been put out in hip-hop. What was the story behind it?
1: It was just trying to get out the hood, Scoop. That's all. Nothing, nothing. Just trying to get out and have something to live for, you know? Stop trying to have something to die for, but have something to live for. Um, We didn't know if we was going to crack niggas in the head. So it was like, you know how it is. Everything is fifty-fifty when you from the hood. This shit could work, this shit might not work. So we was smart enough to already know that if it don't work, then that means we didn't we didn't put in enough to make it work. So when Ghost was saying shit like, yo, man, I'm just trying to take care of my family, man, and raise my grandkids and all that, that was real talk because at the end of the day, like I said, we wasn't we ain't job niggas. We we never been niggas to go out and try to go get a job. Like I rather I'd rather get on the block and and, and stack some money that way than to, to sit and sit at an office desk and act like I'm listening to somebody because that's not where I come from. Maybe if I came from that kind of community where I could respect a job and, and, and respect a check every week, maybe I might not had that that kind of attitude, but I come from, you know. The bottom. So, either you make it one this way, or you don't make it at all. So, that striving perfect, perfection was just, yo, man, this shit gotta work. But we gonna think positive, and we gonna work hard. And if it don't work, then we in trouble. So now, did you did, was, it, was
0: that one was that a one take job or because it just. The power and energy of it, like it, it still give me, it still gives me goosebumps. Was that just y'all just hop in there? What, what was it? Yeah, nothing was, nothing
1: was. Never sat down and wrote and written out. It was like yo, go on and do skits, do what y'all want to do. You like it, it feel good. Nigga, give you the the the, the peace sign. You out of there. It wasn't ne- never where it was like yo, we sitting there and yo write that shit out or whatever. Cause if you wrote it out, it wasn't genuine, you know. But If you did it from the heart, it was from the heart. So a lot of shit was just
0: said from the heart. Incarcerated Scarfaces, one of the hardest, one of the hardest records in New York street music ever. What was the story? I just wanted to
1: write a record for niggas in jail
0: because I had a
1: couple of homies that I really ran with in the street that went away and they got hit with some hard time. And you know, Ghost had some homies that was hit with some hard times. And um, I just didn't want to forget them. I felt like at the end of the day, yo, let me do a record for these niggas personally so they could feel good about me acknowledging them. You know, when you run with a bunch of crooks and some niggas got caught up, you you tend not to forget them. You You know, sometimes a letter is good, but then sometimes some acknowledgement is good. So I wanted to make that record, and I called it Incarcerated Scarfaces because... Them niggas had I know you seen the movie Scarface, so I know you know that niggas had that mind frame where it's like, yo, you know, either you live to eat or, you know, you, you gotta get it one way or another. And some niggas got trapped off. So I just wanted to have a record that specifically go to niggas that was away. You know, I had a lot of homies, between three of my homies, they probably you add those numbers up, they probably had about forty five years. So Imagine having 10 homies in there. It's almost right. 200 years that niggas gave the system. So, and you didn't know if you was gonna see them again. So this was my only way to communicate with them and let them know, yo, your, your brother's right here, love you. And um, this record is dedicated to y'all. Same way a nigga dedicate a record to a female.
0: I dedicate two, a record to niggas in jail. Two questions about incarcerated Scarfaces. And everybody's quoting lines Real Niggas, But Shots, Peace, Connecticut. I never understood why you said Peace, Connecticut. I was like, it, I didn't I didn't understand what it was, but it sounded fucking amazing. And, and Mad Police in Manhattan. Um, Man. <laughs> like, like everybody yo, everybody yes, loves please. Real Niggas, But Shots, Peace, Connecticut. Everybody loved that. Was there a reason that you said Connecticut? I might as well ask now.
1: I mean, it, it, it was a fly line, but at the same time I've been to Connecticut because you know, we did a show out there one time, and it was like it reminded me of of of, of where we from. bunch of wild niggas and shit. Niggas just want to fight and get in the shit. And at the same time, it was like I just felt like Connecticut was the was the right word to say. And I respected they town. So right, you know what I mean. Real niggas lick shots. You know. Peace, Connecticut. It was just one of those situations where the rhyme just, it felt like that, and and I kept it because I've been there before and I know they get down. So I definitely had to. I definitely just, it just blew up a nigga's tongue. Two questions. Two
0: questions. What did you think? Because what did you think when you first heard that beat? Because when I heard that beat come on, my face twisted up. And number two, you said a line, now who's the black trump? Would you erase that line if you could now? Did you ever think that we'd wind up not liking Trump? I wasn't talking about that Trump. I was talking about
1: like game of cards, like oh, you know, okay. you got a Trump hand, you know, you got a Trump hand or whatever. But even now and then, I find myself when I when I be saying that rhyme, it make me think of that nigga. So it's like I start saying other shit, you know. But it 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 never was a rhyme based on that Trump. It was based on, you know, like playing a the game Trump of cards. Card. Yeah, like, yo, this is the Trump hand or whatever. You throw that card out or whatever, yo, I got the hand. So that's right. what I meant, guess with the black hand, you know, but um, yeah, a lot of people might've thought it was Trump. Okay, but it
0: wasn't. Rainy Days, what was the story behind the creation of Rainy Days, and who was the singer? Um, Rainy Days, Um, the chick that was singing on there
1: was this chick named Blue Raspberry. I mean, you know, when you think about N.W.A., they had Michelle Lay, mm-hmm. that girl that could sing her ass off. You know, me and Ghost always felt like we needed a a female singer down with the woo that had a voice. And uh, we met her one night in um, Atlantic City. We was out there. We had a show. She came. She pulled up on us or whatever. She was like, yo, I could sing. I could sing. Making a scene and all that. So we like, yeah, you could sing, shorty. Let us hear. You. All right, fuck it, Let's sing. You know what I mean. Now we want, cause you know, she wanted to sing. So next thing you know, she started singing. You know how niggas close one eye and be like looking at each other, like right, this bitch could sing. You know what I mean. So next thing you know, we invited her to the studio to really see if she could do it again. So she started blowing, and Rizza RZA liked her. We loved her, but RZA liked her but RZA didn't know what he wanted to put her on. So at that time, me and Ghost always look, was looking at it like, she'll get better. We don't know what we're going to put her on yet, but keep her around. And that record was the record that we felt we wanted her to get on. And her and RZA started to make a little ball- make a little melody, or whatever. Is raining and that comes from something. I don't know where it comes from, but she didn't actually make that up. That was something that she emulated. And she sounded so she sounded so good at it. We kept it. And that's just what it was. It was like, yo, you killed it. You made the cut. Thank you. You know what I mean? You definitely down with us. And the record was um inspired by you know, niggas going through tough times in the hood, and you know how it is. Your lady, your lady might be like, "Yo, man, why you doing this shit?" Or they don't understand all the shit that niggas go through. And um, you know how it is. Yo, chill. Let me do what I gotta do. Bye, 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 bye. So, the record "Rainy Days" was just dedicated to real niggas that go through shit with their old lady. Right. Right. Um, <laughs> You know my man me. is going crazy my man is he acting stupid i can't control what this nigga thinking or what he want to do right and that's what it was you know what i mean but it was definitely a hard record one of my favorites on the purple um she killed the too. the girl killed the blue rat shout out blue she, Rats, def- right.
0: she definitely did a thing and then you had the remix which was one of my favorite records ever um right. You know, uh, I, every time I think about that record, I think about Hampton University. My brother went to school with DJ Envy, and Envy used to be a mixtape DJ at that time. Right, yeah, right. Every time, right before it came on, he said, DJ Envy, and that record is still one of my my, my favorite, favorite, favorite records. Guillotine, the back and forth on Guillotine was a man with you guys. Like, Ooh, it was one perfection. Of my did, did you guys write it together? What was that about?
1: Um... Well, if you go back to listening to Method Man's album to Cal, he used that beat as a skit. RZA used it Mm -hmm. as a skit. It was almost like it was a little bit of it. And ever since I was listening to Meth album, I always told RZA, yo, that skit, I want you to make a beat out of that skit. Because I felt like it was some real Wu Chang shit. I felt like it was something that, People should have heard the beat more than just hear that little piece of it. So he was like, "Where you want that?" I was like, "Yeah, I want that." You know what I mean? At that time, I, I had a lot of control over what I wanted on this record, and I was picking beats. I was already hunting for beats that been around that we had that I was tucking. I was chucking a lot of shit. So while he had, while this man had his grab bag, I had my little shopping bag. Ghost had his little shopping bag. So that beat was one of the beats that. I picked because I heard it off of Meph's album as a skit. So when it came down to getting on it, it was like, I went right to my nigga. I went right to Scotty Pippen, Deck, yo Deck, I want you to go first, melt it. You know what I mean? And Ghost, he was already in his bag. Ghost was fucking on fire with his rhymes back then. Like I told you, he's my favorite rapper. And um, he went in and touched it. Then after that, it was like everybody just Touched, you know what I mean? Ooh, it was like, yeah. touch, touch, touch. You know, Jizzy got on it, sealed it off. You know, I threw my little shit on there and it was a record. It. it was a, okay. put a little shit on it, school, Wu-Tang school, you know, forgive I'm,
0: me and all that. I'm trying to go through these real quick because I, I, I don't want to keep you here forever, but because I got I got so many questions. Listen, people. The whole album. We could go through this whole album. There are no filler cuts on this album. This album's fire. Can it be also simple remix? The intro, the intro, how did that happen? Cause that's another good one. And, and the second question I want to ask, in the skit, the dude job approach sounded like prodigy to me. Was that prodigy on that skit?
1: Nah, okay. nah, that was, that was some homies from the label that we needed a voice to play okay. over these skits or whatever. You know, um the skit was just a real life skit. Shit like that be happening in the hood. Niggas approach niggas and it go the other way. You think you're too tough or a nigga might have you in the bag. You thinking you have another nigga in the bag and you want to being in the bag. So right. that's what that skit was about. It's like, yo, don't underestimate, you know, the other side. Right. And, um, you know, Go started to give y'all real life facts about, what he wrote about because whatever he was writing, he was dwelling back on what he been through because Ghost got shot in the neck before. So he kind of went back to where he got shot. Check what happened out of state. I'm knocking off a half a cake. All that shit is real shit. Cash rule flying. I smoked the black dust. Kept my hands clutched back then. In the hood, if you had a handful of rings because that's how the Jamaican niggas was living in the hood, you know, nigga have a ring on every thing on the thumb and we used to Yo, know, I want to eat that nigga, but that nigga might kill you. You try to get at him, so you know he was just putting certain things in there that we could relate to from being in Staten Island, and you know, plus his his true true life event that happened in mm-hmm. his shit. You know what I mean? So yeah, that's another record that was dope, and that was the the kickback remix off of Can It Be All So Simple. So back then, remixes was big. So we knew that. Yo, fuck it. We did, we did, can it be so simple on, on Into the 36. Fuck it. Let's remix it and remix it on the purple joint. Cuba. Right. Lux. right.
0: And, then, and then he just said, wait, continue you carry a faux faux nigga. And then he yeah. said, dedicated hook. Who came up with the dedicated hook? Dedicated to the gods and the oh, earth. Oh, oh, baby's feet first. Oh, we, we both was bouncing
1: off each other. You know what I mean? When man goes right sometimes. You know, I might write something and then he can inspire by the next couple of bars. Like we wanted everybody to know that we was making this album collectively. It wasn't just one man's thought, you know what I mean? Even though it was my album and I had a, a full vision, I always felt like I was sharing a piece of, I was sharing my sandwich with my brother. So right. when it came down to certain rhymes, it was like, "Yo, know, we're going to flip it back and forth. Dedicated to babies who can't feed first. Dedicated to up north, downstate. Yo, you say whatever. Dedicated to rich niggas who sell weight. Dedicated the projects, black kids, dedicated to, you know what I mean? Like we was just we was just playing playing
0: tag, you know? Just see it, someone. it, it, it it's perfection. Verbal intercourse with Nas. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I mean, you, were y'all in the same were y'all in the same session. When y'all yeah. all sit right in together. Yeah. That how one... do you sit, how do you sit this everybody had to be ripping their papers up. Every, it's,
1: you talk. You talk, man. You talk, hey yo, listen, you know what I mean? Back then, you know, me and Ghost super big fans of Nas. Um you know, cause Nas came out a year before us and um me and Ghost had an eye on them because it was like, yo. We always about New York rap niggas. Anyway, it's like if you got it, you got it. We seen something in this kid at a young time, and we kind of felt like we knew him. Me, why I really liked him, is not only because he was clever, but me and him wore the same hats. You know, he wore he wore the camouflage hat and he wore the fedora. The mm. um, the the I call those hats um years of experience hats. So I had those same two hats on to protect your neck, and he had those same two hats on. When he did the um the song Halftime. So I'm listening to this nigga, I'm like, yo, this nigga, this little nigga right here is something. Like, you know, so me and Ghost already had him on our radar. And somehow later on down the line, we connected one day at a show. And it was like, you know how it is, you see a nigga that you respect and you love and you excited to meet him. It was like we we all was excited. He was excited to see us. We was excited to see him because we was on the same card. Man we got cool, yo exchange numbers, yo nigga. I'm gonna come to your hood, nigga. Come to the bridge, come fuck with you. Yo, come through, or whatever, and vice versa. So he came to my hood, I came to his hood, and one thing led to another. We became close and shit. You know, and um it was really the mob deep at the same time, too. We all was in the same Mm-hmm. We was all on the same planet at that time, and all of us was coming up. And and I always, came, I always liked Queens niggas rhymes. I don't know for some reason it was just like Brooklyn niggas was doing their thing. But I was so tired of the whole Brooklyn, Brooklyn, Brooklyn that it was like it felt refreshing to hear some niggas from Queens get busy. So Queens niggas became niggas that I kept on my radar. But Nas specifically was a dude that we felt was ahead of his time. He was a one man army. Me and Ghost would talk about him like, yo, you heard that one love shit? Cause you know that one love shit was leaking. Certain records was leaking that we never got a chance to hear his whole body at work. So when we heard that one love shit, it was like, yeah, this nigga's one of us. You know what I means—the Same kind of nigga. But anyway, like I said, me and Nas became inseparable on friendship level. Come chill, come at the crib. You know what I mean? And next thing you know, I told him, say, yo, nigga, you know, me and Ghost is going to handle this album with the clan, but I don't really want no features, but the only feature I want is you, nigga. So he was like, for real? I was like, nigga, I want you on this joint. You know what I'm saying? So I didn't know exactly what joint it was going to be yet, but at the end of the day, I knew that we was going to carve something out special for him to make his appearance. And you know, RZA, he already knew that we was fucking with Nas on that level, so he was like, "Yo, time to come to the crib." or whatever, yo, make it pop. So I invited him to come out to Staten Island one time, and he pulled up. This was back in the um the GS Lexus ever. He pulled up in a fly gold joint. You know what I mean? At that time, I think I was rocking the um the SC four hundred or something. I had the coupe. This is when the whole bubble shit was starting to happen with the cars yeah. and all that. So he came. He came to my projects first. Had him in a Chinese restaurant with us niggas, is ordering wings and French fries and fried rice, and niggas are scrambling. And I had to show him that we come from the same shit you come from, because when I was in his neighborhood, he taking me in certain sections that I knew it was real on his side. So he seeing the movement, he's seeing what's going on, got him out of there real quick. Cause I, you know, when you when a nigga come see you from out of town, you feel responsible. Like <laughs> let me not, let me not let nothing happen around this nigga because this my nigga. So after that, we shot the Rizzers crib, which was on the other side of the island. He sat back, I played him the album. He was, he was, he damn near fainted. You know what I mean? Then he heard the beat and we was like, yo nigga, this the joint, this what we want you on. So at that time, Ghost didn't make it there. I think Ghost came when he started to come in the booth and vibe out for a little bit. And Ghost just walked in the room and shit, dapped him up. Yo, what up, nigga? Yo, yeah, yeah, yeah. And next thing you know, Nas was just in there just fucking around, throwing verses around. So he didn't really actually carve his verse out for this particular record because this was the first time he heard it. Back then, niggas wasn't doing all that. Yo, send me the beat and all this shit. Niggas like, nah, nigga, I'm going to come and see what you got from there. And then you're going to go from there. So at the end of the day, he loved the beat. He went in there and started shooting some blanks. You know what I mean? We was looking at him. We was like, but then when he came with that through the lights, cameras in action, it was like me and Ghost looked at each other like, that's it. Looked at Nas, that's it. So he stopped. And then he looked at us and said, yo, y'all like that shit? We was like, we love that shit. That's it. And then he went in there, he took his time and, and blew it down. And we was like, yo, after that, I went in. I went in there and wrote my rhyme. You know, I'm a quick. I'm a quick writer. So I just love the fact that he went in there and displayed his gangster on it real quick, and I just came and followed up, and then Ghost came and followed up after me, and it was a record after that.
0: Yeah, simple. Final one. Final one. Because there's so many. There's no album. There's, we could do Wu Gambi. We could be here. We could be here forever doing this. Ice cream. Who came up with the concept? Was that your idea of a commercial record and how did that change women's idea of you? I mean, um at that time, Rizzo was
1: always telling us like, yo man, y'all niggas got all these these criminal style records. Hold on. Hold on, y'all just wait for
0: him. The last, in the, on the last song. You hear me? Last, okay, back? Yeah. I didn't hear
1: you. Yeah. You back. Go ahead. All right. So, yeah, anyway, like I said, Rizzo was like, yo, y'all got too many, you know, jungle type of rhymes on there. We need something. We need something for the female perspective. So at that time, me and Ghost was like, yo, we ain't really making this album for the women. But at the end of the day, we respect what he said because we did have a lot of female followers you know, at that time, you know, meth, meth was the Michael Jackson of the crew, you know, so we knew that we had an audience of girls liking us, so we all agreed, like, yo, alright, yeah, we better have at least one for the ladies, you know, so next thing you know, the beat, was a hat sound like an ice cream type of beat, if you listen to the beat itself, and see, one thing I'm gonna do school, I'm gonna tell you, you know I'm working on the documentary, so I'm gonna really give you the facts, facts, and the doc, but I'm giving you a little bit right now. But anyway, you know, the I'm a, beat
0: sounded like. You know, you know I'm going to be the first on for that. You know that, right? Of course, of course. Okay, so just keep talking. Keep talking. So
1: anyway, you know what I mean? The beat sounded like an ice cream truck. It sounded like you could have heard that on the ice cream truck. So we still ain't have a name for it yet. But we knew that that might have been the closest, softest, but fly shit that that's gonna make the album. So when it came down to the hook, I'm not Captain Hook. I don't. I don't really fuck with hooks like that, you know. So at the end of the day, Meth was there. He was in the room, you know. Yo, Meth handle that. Meth handled it. Yo, watch these rap niggas get all up in your guts, you know. Um, he came with it. You know what I mean? Go set it off, your honey dip. Summertime, find Jerry. You know. So we knew that. The rhyme was going to be something catered to the females, based on the fact of the hook made so much sense. I thought it was a clever hook. Everybody in the crew thought it was a clever hook, and at that time, Mef was making a lot of hooks. Like, like he made the um, he made the um, what's the name? Roll, I'ma give it to your hook. The um, um, what, what's the name of that joint again? Um, um, he put it like this. He was making a lot of hooks. He made right. cash everything around me, Hook. Ooh. You know, so he was Captain Hook back then. I right. called Captain Hook. So, um, yeah, he came with the perfect hook, and we sealed it off with a kiss after that, and we had our girl record. And that record wind up being one of the top records that I slept on. I ain't going to front, I slept on it. I knew it was a dope record, but I slept on it. I didn't think it would be one of the outstanding joints that would really highlight the album, but
0: it did its thing. It did it did this it thing. I'm gonna leave you on this note. I have a list of top 50 MCs. You're on it. Thank I'm you. gonna just run it down for you. Missed. I'm gonna run it down for you, and I just want you because to give, you, want, give my opinion. I want you to give your opinion, or you can tell me. You can tell me some of the rappers that you think are the best ever. I have it starts like this. Hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. Before you
1: start, right? Because I want you to know I come from a certain school, right? So if you're not starting from the school before us, yeah, yeah, I'm gonna no. challenge you, I'm gonna challenge what? you. We,
0: so let's... be careful, because go. I'm gonna give it to you real, I'm gonna okay. keep it on so it. Only four people, there's only four people that are in order, the rest is in no particular order, okay? okay. Number one, Rakim. Number two, cool G rap. Number three, big daddy Kane. Number four, LL. In no particular order, Lord Finn. Phineas- that's no particular order, right? No, no, no. One through four is in order. One okay. through four, Rakim okay. is number one. Okay. Cool that's G not rap a bad, that's is number bad, two. That's not course. a bad order. Okay. Big okay. daddy Kane is number three, but technically, cool, cool G and big daddy Kane are they're so close, I can't. Say two or three, so I might just put them together. The put last it like number put it like this, yeah, where you at? That's where I'm at with it. So, okay, yeah, okay. So, so rock Him, let's say Kool and, and Kane, and n- number two together, three is LL. After this, I couldn't put it in order because I just didn't. It, it's too hard, to, it, it's too hard. So, it's, this is in no particular order. Lord Finesse, Nas, Black Thought. Fabulous, Jadakiss, Slick Rick, Fred the Godson, Rayquan, and Ghostface together, because you, you and you and Ghost are like are like Coogee and Kane to me. I can't I can't I can't separate it. I can't make a. I can't do it. Biggie, Jay Z, Melly Mel, KRS, Lloyd Banks, Big L, Prodigy, Eminem, Drake, Run DMC. Beanie Siegel, Grand Puba, Ice Cube, Meth and Red together, Chuck D, Q-Tip, Little Wayne, Kumo D, Grandmaster Caz, Bun B, Big Pun, DMX, Inspector Deck, Joel Ortiz, Buster Rhymes, Kendrick Lamar, Common, I put Das FX on there as one person, J. Cole, Tretch, The Game, EPMD, Snoop Dogg, Cameron, Mace. Doc, Papoose, Co. Smooth, Lupe Fiasco, E. Forty, Ti, Most Deputy Talib, Scarface, Tupac, Andre, two, Andre, Three Thousand, and Kanye West. That's decent. What do you have? What do you have for me? What you want to test? What? What? No. What? Do, who? Who's? Who's the? Who's the rappers that you look up to? Who's
1: the rappers that were the dopest to you? Um, you said a lot of winners, though. You said a lot of winners. A lot of. Put it like this, Scoop. I can't. I can't really. I can't really nail it to the coffin the way you might want me to.
0: But no, I don't want. I, I don't you. want. It. I don't want it. I don't want it like that. I just
1: because that's your. That's your. Respect. That's your. That's your swing. Um. You said you said all my heroes, you said them. I mean, um you ain't got the jizz up there, and I'm not. I'm not just singling out my niggas though. But the jizz is incredible. Like I probably would have knocked off maybe three three that you picked and put the jizz up there.
0: Um, hold on, hold on one second. Hold on one second, wait. Nori, I'm coming to you for Music Monday, so you better have your list together. Nori, you are in the list of groups with CNN, Ray and Ghostface, EPMD, Run <laughs> DMC. We, we can we go through this, bro. We can, I'm gonna call you, yo, Nori. Send me a DM, man, because I don't even have your new number. So send me a DM. <laughs> Good, keep, keep going, bro. Um, um, I put a list of women together too, but we'll get to that after Ray
1: get off. Yeah, I mean, all I can say is that I give you a
0: list. I give you a list of ninety so you think i miss people i missed the jizzle i missed the jizzle who else did i miss you put snoop up there yes i put snoop up here Now, now, hold on, Ray, there's also two two different lists as well. There's a list with Impact, with Tupac, Tupac is on there, Snoop is on there. Like, there's, a, there's, there's two different lists that I have that I'm judging it by. But but, but, is there anybody that you really think, other than Chizzer, that I missed?
1: You put AZ I
0: tried to up you there? You put AZ lists. up there? Shit, I fucked AZ. I fucked him. Hold Super on, let me clever. Super clever. Tiana, see, this is what happens when you, when you, when you, you can never get everybody. Hold on, hold
1: on. Let me you listen. can never get everybody. Listen, at the end of the day, it's like that's you know. But like I said, I will give you a list. You, you said KRS-One because I'm, I'm yes, looking yes, at the, the comments and people is keeping it a buck too, and you know, it's it's still a lot. It's it's still a few more, man. You 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 went in. No, I ain't gonna front. You went in because. I want to think about um, um you went in, Scoop. That's all I'm gonna say. I mean, it's still a few more, man. It's it's still a few more, bro. But I'm gonna give you your, uh, your, your listen ninety. I I
0: when you get them, when you get them, I'd like you to just send me a DM with them because you know I respect your opinion. You know I respect your pen. You know I respect your opinion. You know that if if you say it, I'm gonna I'm gonna listen to it, and I'm gonna. I'm just go glad back you got me. I'm just glad you got me in there, bro. That's all I mean.
1: If I land that fucking forty eight, nigga, I'm happy. So, shit, come on. You dude. know I, my I, thing I, is. <laughs> I mean, it's 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 still so many G's, man. That I think is missing, and you know when you sit there when you think about that list for you to come with that list, I know that because you said. See, my thing is. Mention the niggas that come before us, because yeah. if you ain't mentioning niggas that come before us, your list is your list is ludicrous to me. No good, no good. So I'm happy that 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 you shot those off, and Slick Rick need to your five need to be because that's my top five. Your four and Slick Rick
0: that's my top five. Your top five is Rockem, Cool G, Kane, Kane, LL,
1: and Slick Rick. Mm-hmm. Yes, and um, what's the name? Oh, I gotta put one more up there. KRS One.
0: KRS KRS. I'll put I'll put that down. Karras well, I got top
1: six, so that's that's just my 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 max right there. But um,
0: it's it's hard. hard, hard, hard. It's hard. It's hard. It's hard, man. It's hard. So Ray, yo, listen. You spent a lot of time with me on this. I love you for it. You love always you too, know that I'm there for you. You called me to do a record. I came down right on the spot. Here, let's get it done. You oh, always you're one of those guys. You know that. Yeah. You know that. You've always been one of my guys, man. I love you. Is there anything that you want to say to everybody before you leave?
1: Nah, I just want to say, yo, man, keep supporting Fat Man Scoop and keep, keep supporting me and my crew and get ready. We got a lot of things lined up for y'all. And, um... Yo, you said Cube, too? You said Ice Cube? Yeah, I said Ice. I said
0: said Ice Cube.
1: Okay, because I'm reading the comments, too. It's like, don't be... Yeah, but um, shout-out to everybody we miss because, like he said, we can't get everybody, and I know damn sure I can't get everybody, but just much love, man. Everybody stay safe. Thanks for having me in your Top 50. And, um, yo, I got some treats lined up for y'all. We working on that Purple Tape documentary. Get ready. Um... Love y'all, man, and like I said to the fans, man, yo, man, do your thing. You put Rick Ross in
0: there. You put Rick Ross in there.
1: You put. Now, 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 hold
0: on, now, now, hold on. I like Ross. I like Ross, and I I, listen. I think Ross is excellent. I think Ross is excellent. I didn't, I didn't put him in that list. Now, if you want to talk about albums, if you want to talk about impact, if you want to talk about something that I listened to during the coronavirus, I would probably myself. Some of the dudes that you. Some of the dudes that you picked,
1: I think Ross would've fit in there perfectly if you picked okay, some okay, of the dudes come on, listen, come, No, 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 no. I ain't gonna, gonna, gonna say go, no names because if I start saying names, I could become a villain and I don't want to become a villain. I'm just happy that I made it on your list, bro. That's okay, your list. So now, That's so Fat Man Scoop's list. That ain't the chef's list. That's Fat okay. Man Scoop's list. OK, but listen. But your top right. five, your top six is my top. Your top right. four is my
0: top four. See, here's the thing. I love, I love... See, it's too many, man. It's too it's many. It's too many. What are you doing? <laughs>
1: what are you doing? You know you starting a war, nigga. Like, you got to be meticulous when you when you saying these shit. So, at the end of the day, it's a lot of niggas that get busy, man. A lot of niggas that you might have said. I might know a, a couple of other niggas that could, could get busy like that, too. Because it ain't really always about the album. You got to look at the
0: clever. The clever. I'm a clever No, man. That's what I did it on lyrics. I did it on lyrics. I did it on what I thought lyrics were. This was lyrical. Now, there's so many other people that have dope mic presence, stuff like that. I didn't add them, but I'm talking about lyric, like ly- lyric lyrics, man. Rick Ross facts is one of my favorite rappers, but I was just talking about shit that make me go, ooh, ooh, ooh. like, you know, that is where I was judging it from. Got you. That's fair. I mean,
1: like I said, at the end of the day, everybody may not. It might be another list that everybody be like, "Yo, we both bugging the fuck out, and we gotta, we gotta hear that out too." But now, like see, I said, me, I'm giving you, a am giving you a ninety on your test, bro. Right. See, uh, I'm looking uh, for a hundred, though. I, I'm a uh, hundred, nigga. But
0: a ninety ain't a bad fucking. Let, let me know. let me say something to everybody on here. As soon as Ray gets off, you have your opportunity to come in. Mace was nasty with lyrics. He was nasty. Go back and listen to what he said, people. By the way, follow me at Fat Man School because every night I do celebrity interviews. I do all of this kind of stuff. We have the top of the topic of the day and more. So follow me at Fat Man School, Ray. I want to thank you for coming through. Peace. Love y'all, peace peace. Salute. peace, peace Make noise with Fat Man Scoop is produced by myself alongside Raj Kachetcha and the team at creativecontentagency.com Please support this podcast by leaving us a 5 star rating and review on Apple Podcasts I'd love that, and by following this podcast on Spotify and sharing links to episodes you enjoy with your friends Do it! You can also email the show via podcast at fatmanscoop.com, I answer that or you can DM me at Fat Man Scoop. Yes, I answer DMs